0: Revolution. Vocal revolution. Vocal revolution. Vocal revolution. change the world with with your, your voice welcome everyone to the vocal revolution where we talk about changing the world with our voices personally and collectively and today We're going to be talking about how we can support safe, healthy expression around intimate content on TV, film and theatre and how this relates to issues around healthy expression in wider society. And I just want to thank you wherever you are, whatever time of day it is that you're tuning in and listening. Thank you for spending your time with us today. I'm just so thrilled you're tuning in. And I know you're going to get so much from this amazing episode because my guest today is really making a global revolutionary impact on the world. And I'm so honoured to introduce Ita O'Brien. She is the UK's leading intimacy coordinator and founder of Intimacy On Set, her company which she set up in 2018 to provide services to TV, film and theatre when dealing with intimacy, sexual content and nudity. ITER pioneered the role of the Intimacy Coordinator and since 2014 has been developing best practice intimacy on set guidelines, which have been widely adopted in the industry and championed by the Time's Up movement and others advocating for safe, fair and dignified work for everyone. ITER has worked on numerous high profile productions including Normal People, Sex Education, Gangs of London and It's a Sin. Writer, actor and director of I May Destroy You, Michaela Cole, dedicated her BAFTA award last year to ETA, thanking her for making the safe space, for creating physical, emotional and professional boundaries so we can make work about exploitation, loss of respect, about abuse of power without being exploited or abused in the process. And that's one of just many, many accolades that ETA's amazing work has received. Ita and I have worked together since 2014 when she approached me about my Sounding Out coaching sessions to support the creation of a devised theatre piece, Does My Sex Offend You? And since then she's gone on to develop and implement the Intimacy on set Guidelines and it's been such an incredible honour to support her groundbreaking work which is having a global impact. So thank you for coming Ita, thank you so much and welcome, welcome, welcome
1: thank you katie and um wow what a lovely um introduction um yes i'm humbled by that um but yes and and um and it's a joy for us to be sharing this together and to be celebrating our work together
0: it really is and to celebrate what groundbreaking changes that are happening in the world and you're facilitating so thank you for your time today um it's just such an honor to speak with you and as you say to celebrate the work Um, I just would love you to share a little bit about how you got to where you are now with our listeners what has been
1: your journey to to this point um so so my journey in this profession or has been um I actually started dancing at the age of three. Um, I was a scholar at the Royal Academy of Dancing, and then I trained at Bush Davis and became a professional musical theatre dancer um, when I was 18 and worked in that for 10 years. And then I retrained at Bristol Vic as an actor um, and worked as an actor for eight years and then did the MA in movement studies at Central. And from 2007, worked as a movement teacher and a movement director. Yes, which was really joyous because at that point, it was a really bringing together of all of my skills as a dancer and as an actor. Um, And then I wrote my own work that I put on in 2009 called April's Fall. And then from that piece of work, I was looking at um, taking the dynamic that I was exploring further and wanted to explore the dynamic of the perpetrator and the victim. Um, It's very interesting, actually, Belfast, um, the film has just come out and that's part of my childhood going to, um, my mum's from Cookstown County, to Tyrone, and we would go across to the farm every year. And when the trouble started, you know, when the sentries went up at Cookstown High Street, and, um, you know, you could no longer just drive the car in, you know, somebody had to sit in the car in case it was pulled away and, and bombed and all the rest of it. Um, so in my exploration of, of, of that reconciliation, wanting to explore through a devised piece of work the idea of, um, the perpetrator and the victim, very often being the flip side of the same coin, um, was um, got introduced to the Forgiveness Project, mm. who, um, and that's set up by this fantastic lady who was a journalist, and she was interviewing both um, people um, who perpetrated the drum, the, the bombs in, you know, uh, in Ireland and Northern Ireland, and those that were the victims of it, and in those conversations, then ended up bringing together the perpetration, the victim and and the reconciliation that could come from that. And so that founded the Forgiveness Project. And I was interested in looking, looking at the flip side. So that was the the inspiration around that. Um, And in my, um, you know, seeking out advice, I had someone sort of saying to me, you can't do this without getting counselling yourself. So that's where I, I sought you um and um that was a- it was April 2014, wasn't it, in my preparation, and I was looking at what practices and principles I needed to put in place um when asking you know a group of actors to come together and explore this kind of dynamic. Um and I started um devising workshops um for in order to explore what sort of structure I should put in place. Um, and that's where I came to you and I said right you know in 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 light of this this practitioner's advice saying I needed help in order to be able to to um you know she was saying you can't possibly you know your opening night have perpetrators and victims of abuses or any atrocities come sitting in the auditorium together um and um and yeah and I was thinking but that's that is the work that is the work of healing that is the work of the story um so um but I did take her advice to 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 go, well actually how do I support myself? Um, you know, what are the challenges that are gonna that I'm going to be facing in order to keep my actors safe if I'm asking these um performers to come and um give off themselves in devised work of course that's what you're asking in devised work as opposed to a piece of um script that the storytelling's already there in devised work, um you're sort of opening out the subject. And offering you know, your performers to, to read around that subject. I had a whole package of different articles for them to read and sent that to them and invited them to just pick out what resounded with them most in their preparation and to bring that um, ready to explore. And um, you know, you're asking them to bring off themselves. So I was thinking, what is my responsibility? How do I hold a safe space? What are, the, as I say, the practices and principles that I need to put in place in order to hold a safe space that we can really be present conscious, grounded with ourselves, with the ensemble, in the space that we are in, in order to be able to explore that kind of dynamic in a really healthy way, to really go to the edges that it requires. And then most importantly, to be able to safely at the end of each day and at the end of the rehearsal process, to be able to honour, recognise where you've gone to, let go of where you've been artistically to step back to where to yourself personally so you can either go home that day or at the end of the whole process to leave that process behind um yeah so that we can explore this stuff in a really um you know professional way that 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 supports everybody
0: wow yes and that's you know that is a really big It's a big mission, isn't it? And I remember it feeling big at the time. And then what's come from it has become so huge that that then from exploring those issues and really wanting to make sure that you were safe and your actors were safe and that they could come away clean, let's say, from a process like that, that had maybe asked them to go to places that were deep and maybe have been traumatic. But how do we hold that so that it is safe to explore those issues and to know, yeah, that you can step away and leave that Behind and know that you've dealt with it, you've resolved it in the in the rehearsal space rather than feeling left with residue or unresolved stuff, isn't it? So these are really big, big issues that you were bringing, aren't they, at the time? And from that amazing um, amazing exploration and piece has then, sprung this incredible mission which no neither of us had any idea did we that that was going to happen when you first came to me so it's just been an extraordinary honor to witness then you going on to develop the work so could you explain to us perhaps about what is intimacy on set what is an intimacy coordinator and how perhaps that grew out of your devised work you know from there how did you get to this (laughs) where you are now
1: so, yes, it's really lovely, actually, in reflection to what you've just said, that, that word clean. So the actors were able to, to, to come away clean. And interestingly enough, um, in one of the workshops um, where I shared the work, um, which was actually in Auckland, in New Zealand, in um, December 2018, that's exactly the word that this particular actor used. I felt clean. Um, you know, when he came back and reflected on, you know, delving into really quite a full-on intimate scene, um, and he said, you know, he felt he was able to come back the following day and feel clean. Um, so it's lovely to hear you say that; it resounds. Um, and that's exactly it, isn't it? That um, in the past, as Michaela said, you know, that internal feeling of devastation, um, you know, or the internal devastation of the actor was was her beautiful statement, and um, of you know, course that that um, um you know, the, the the dedication by Michaela, what was so beautiful about it is again her her um succinct way of, of really putting into a nugget what this work is about and how this work is about um taking care of a whole production it's, you know so someone just sent me a statement saying, you know that, you know, is this statement okay as a, an intimacy coordinator? An intimacy coordinator takes takes care of actors. It's like, yes, but actually no, you, you know an intimacy coordinator is a practitioner who puts in place best practice um, across the hu- the arc of whole production, from producer, director, actor, DOP, first, second, third AD, wardrobe, makeup, sound, so that everybody has a really clear and professional structure um, within which we can openly, professionally, um, you know, artistically interrogate the intimate content and have a prof- professional process to journey through in order to create, you know, what's ever asked of us within this, whatever script it is.
0: Fantastic so you're dealing as you said with the whole production because on an intimate scene there could be people filming it there could be people providing costumes for it there could be people directing the actors as well it's not just the whole the actors is it and so that that role you see it as across the whole production and perhaps you can explain a little bit more about what the role involves and what the guidelines actually are that you're providing to help the whole production feel safe
1: yes um and actually it's really lovely because I remember at the end particular, the second year of the R&D of Does My Sex Offend You? Um, sorry, not Does My Sex Offend You? Of um, Yes, it is. Does My Sex Offend You? Sorry. Um, that, um, that I remember, you know, that the performers, you know, sharing how valuable the, the week's exploration was. And I was thinking, what have I done here? What have I actually created here Um you know, because I was aware that something really profound had happened, but I wasn't too sure who it was serving most, whether it was serving the people who had experienced that, that you know, the week of exploration in 2015, how much it had served myself. But in the process of you know, developing that work, I was in conversation with Meredith Dufton, who's the head of movement at Mountview, and she um, had had an experience of, um, you know, sort of both... Um, you know, sort of having to support student actors who had experienced different degrees of harassment or abuse and the ripple effect that that has and then been able to be present and show up, um, you know, as a a student actor. Um, And then also the fact that she was encountering, you know, suddenly all the plays that she had to um, support for her second and third years had intimate content. And so as a head of movement, she was saying to me, I have to go and note that intimate content. And invariably the physicality doesn't tell the right storytelling. But when I say this is the kind of physicality that you do need to look at, their eyes glaze over because there wasn't a professional structure with which to create that work in a professional way. So she said to me, please will you come and start teaching what you're developing? Um, Yes, because, you know, this is the issue that I'm finding. So, um, you know, from being invited in, I sort of again, you know, codifying of becoming conscious of what I've put in place. Um, and then also I co-worked with the work of Vanessa Ewan, who had already had the inspiration of watching a fight rehearsal. This is about 10 years beforehand and having the awareness that that's the kind of structure that you need for creating intimacy. That's the kind of time and space that needs to be provided, that it is just as a fight or a dance is a body dance, you know, when you've got two people moving together in rhythm, you know, simulating, you know, kissing, s- stroking, fondling to penetration through to orgasm, then um, it is a body dance, you know, and it's pretend just like a fight. And um, and so just as a, a, a fight director or stunt coordinator, as practitioners, we're bringing in, um, you know, clear techniques um, we're bringing in then the structure of clear choreography um, and th- like um, just as a stunt coordinator, we're bringing in our safety equipment. So we might have, you know, so co-working with uh, wardrobe department for modesty garments or bringing in cushions, um, different shape cushions that can help bring a barrier between the two performers so that they can personally feel safe. So that artistically, they can give the best of themselves to this character and to the simulated sexual content. Um so, so that's how how I, you know, if, if Meredith hadn't asked me to come and teach um, at Mountview at that point in time, I would not be sat here now. Um, and um, as I was delivering the work, then the students were saying to me, well, this is great here, but what about in the industry? And so I started to sort of pull together a narrative of what I was developing and started sharing that in, in the industry. So the guidelines is basically inviting just, first of all, um saying right from the get-go right from the producer and the director right from the first read of a script just as they would do if they're looking to earmark the support that they need for the production be it a choreographer if there's a dance or a fight director in theater or a stunt coordinator in tv or film if there's a fight um, um um you know if there's um you know, animals, are going to make sure, oh, look, there's an animal wanted, I'm going to need to get an animal wrangler in. Um, so so it's just going, and now include intimacy as part of that assessment, that, that's part of your awareness, part of what you're going to mark, and then not only just earmark it and then have the intention of journeying through that content in a um, with best practice, but also then providing the finances for it um, and that being part of, um you know, part of the structure. We're saying to directors the same thing, in the past, you might have thought, oh, there's the intimate content. And the amount of times that I have a director sort of saying about an actor, well, they read the script. As in, well, the intimate content's in the script and they've read the script and they've said that, yes, they're going to do it. So, you know, there's a, of course they're going to do it. Um, whereas, and I had a director say this to me and um, said, oh, you know, it says he masturbates. So he knows what's been asked of him. And I said, "Ah, oh, but there's so many ways In which you can portray that, you know, you might just show um, a fly undoing and a hand going down and the camera pans to, um, you know, the the piano stool that he sat on and the cactus on the piano and see the piano, you know, the cactus um, vibrating. And that's a story told, you know, so that's, you know, that will be a way that an actor might feel completely comfortable with it actually has an an image of humour to it and I'm actually bringing that image from a brilliant sex scene called The Tall Guy in the Tall Guy with M Thompson and Jeff Goldblum. So that's one way of portraying that intimate content or you could ask that actor to, you know, to for it to be part of far more actual, you know, which might be compromising for that actor if they want to see sort of um, more graphic depictions. And as I sh- shared that with the director you could see the, the light bulb moment going on, you know, that thing of it's not just what's written It's how, what your image is of it, how it's going to be portrayed, um, what the choreography is, and then where the camera angles are going to go. Or if it's in theatre, again, what the choreography is, but then, you know, um, perhaps very often in theatre you can abstract it, you know, there's going to be... um, um, you know, sort of like a a way to to depict it without it being very actual. So you might have perhaps um, someone going behind the screen and you might see, you know, someone undoing flies and then the rhythm happening. But actually the actors, you know, again, is just sort of jiggling up and down, but it just gives that rhythm. So so again, it's that aspect of what's the storytelling, what's wanted um, for this production, Um, that's going to tell the right storytelling, but then there are so many ways in which you can portray it. So I'm asking the director to think of what's the content and how do you want it to be filmed? So they start thinking creatively um, um, into auditions. So we're saying to the production, if you consider it then, then you can be really clear in your breakdown to the casting directors and to the agents um, about what the content is and then if you're if you have on board an intimacy coordinator right from the get-go as is now happening you know with the productions that I feel I'm I'm collaborating with with best practice is I'm there right from the get-go there was a production that I filmed um, finished filming November last year um, and um, that producer had me on board before they'd even got a director on board before the scripts are finished um, being written and certainly before they got any cast Yes, that's how important that producer knew it was to bring me on board because of, you know, how important the intimate content is in that storytelling. And then some of my actor friends were saying that they were, you know, that they got the breakdown and that's exactly what happened. there was really clear um, statement of what the intimate content would be. And that they they would be working with an intimacy coordinator, so that builds trust both for you know the casting director, the agents, and then the actor going forward. I promise you, you will get more actors than putting yourself forward, so you've got more of a possibility of getting the right actor for the job because you're giving them hope or you're giving them trust that you're gonna you're flagging already that you're going to be working professionally. You know, through a clear process, working with an intimacy coordinator in order to create this intimate content in a really um, open, professional, autonomous, um, and empowered mm-hmm. way for everybody. Um, so, so there's that, and then obviously, you know, the work is then putting in place clear rehearsals, um, and that was a that was a point of contention at the beginning. Um, I had a you know, producer and first AD saying, oh, there's no way you can make time to rehearse the intimate content, while at the very same time on that day, on the call sheet, it had, you know, actors to finish their scenes, stunt rehearsal. You know, but at that time, the, the mindset wasn't there to actually go, the intimate content needs rehearsals, just like a stunt or, or a dance. Um, but that's, that's now changed. Anyway, and then it just puts in place a clear process of rehearsal, clear choreography, checking, you know, co-working with the wardrobe, um, you know, and then a clear um, professional process for working with a closed rehearsal room and a closed set, um, and then through to um, clear guidelines around um, nudity and um, and then closure, making sure that sort of the, the um, everybody works through that work, both stepping into it in a really professional way, but also being able to close, let go of it and step back to self in a really professional way.
0: Fantastic. What an incredible arc of a journey you're providing and you're providing support, as you say, from the get-go, from the moment you start assessing the script, um, from the moment you start casting before, that that those things are all in place. And what I heard was some really key words about trust, that you are therefore setting up uh, trust through creating very clear agreements. And also that it's not just about because I know artists generally sometimes really kick against what they perceive to be rules, (laughs) let's say, because the artistic temperament is to always explore and to be creative and not to feel confined. But actually what I heard in what you were saying there is it's quite the opposite. It's about creating structures that support creativity, that open doors for bigger thinking about, um, you know, ways we portray intimacy and how creative that can be from whether it's a cactus jiggling on a piano to, you know, someone's silhouette behind a screen. You know, these. there are so many choices and those are artistic choices. And rather than getting embarrassed about that and shying away from it or just shutting it down and saying, well, it just has to happen. Um, but actually there's your dialogue and this is where voice comes in, doesn't it really? You are giving people permission And through the guidelines, giving people permission to have those conversations, to say what they're comfortable doing and not doing, to say and explore possibilities about how we could portray this. And that's what's so exciting is that those conversations that weren't possible before, that you've had to go through, like some of the conversations you've had to have of people not realising and then the penny dropping. Those conversations weren't possible before. And before... As we know, I mean, some of this, obviously your work, we're celebrating today what the work is doing, but we have to also acknowledge that it's also come about because of the great need to counter abuse and that people have had horrific experiences on set of being abused, being harassed, as Meredith said of her students as well. So we really want to guard against that and it's that safe holding space that you're providing that prevents some of those things happening and that's what's so important isn't it, and urgent and that's what when we had that explosion with me too and Harvey Weinstein that that became very globally apparent it's not like we didn't know <laughs> we knew it was happening but it became aware um, in a different way And also that there were solutions that we don't just stay with that dialogue, that narrative of oppression, that we go beyond it into saying what can be done. And you're giving people a template that says this is how we stop abuse happening. This is how we make sure there's trust and there's incredible artistry and creativity in the production. So just thank you for giving us the whole picture there, because I know it's really involved what you're providing. Um, And thank you. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen some amazing stories of it actually working. So, as we are celebrating, um would you like to share some of those where you know things where it's really helped and supported the production
1: to 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 create beautiful intimate content? Um, so, so yes, thank you for those reflections. and And just before I say about that, um, um, yeah, just 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 to reflect on you know lead, leading up and to the incredibly brave women who came forward around the Weinstein allegations as, as you said it wasn't as if it wasn't spoken about it was always a running thing of oh sex scenes they're so hard to do and then also the, the two statements of but oh you're an actor this is what your job is so you just you know say nothing and get on with it and then if you did say anything um if you did say no in any way shape or form that concern that um that you would, you know, suffer for it, um, that you would be the one that, well, you know, I've had this, you know, when um, you know, when I run the workshops, I invite, you know, people to share when the work has been done well, but when the work hasn't been done well, and, you know, sort of, I think there was a rape to be performed and and um and you know this particular actress said that, you know, the director was sort of saying, just go for it. And she was going, oh, okay, can we just pause? can we just, you know, take a moment just to talk about, okay, what you want, how, how we can journey through this, what a structure might be. And that actor was the one that was everybody turned to her and said that she was the one that's unprofessional. Wow. I know because she was trying to invite, you know, a bit of a professional structure rather than this, just going for it. That was, you know, when people just plowed in, which is exactly what happened before, you know, um, that sense of who you are personally, and then what you're offering and giving of yourself artistically for character gets completely muddied because there is no separation. Um, and um yeah, um, and and you know, the um, you know, with the industry saying we have to do better, we can no longer turn a blind eye, and the codes of conduct that were drawn up um at the time. Um, and like you say, and then within that, I was able to say, okay, and now within the the, the industry's intention to do better the industry's intention that we will create a structure we will create code of don, conduct so we will work with respect across the board for everybody i was there able to say and now within that intention you know here's here's a structure through which we can create the intimate content in a good way fantastic um,
0: so greatly needed and so so important and then has facilitated as you say Um, instead of us having to have these dreadful instances of people just being left without any resources and just thrown thrown into situations that can be very very exposing and damaging you've now got a holding holding place for everyone to be able to approach with confidence that kind of material and and be creative with it and it be a celebration you know and 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 serve the storytelling which is what I know something you talk about a lot is how do we support the storytelling and the character as you say getting that that distance between me the actor or the the and the actual story or the character I'm playing so I don't have to to take this personally or I don't have to therefore be personally abused or personally harassed by that
1: yeah yeah um yeah absolutely and um you know that 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 clear journey through. So, first of all, as you were saying before, when it was sort of like one, people were embarrassed to talk about intimate content. so so you've got situations where you know a director or a producer might be actually abusive around this content and using it for that power play. But most of the time, and many times actually you've got a producer or a director when there wasn't a clear process, to, to, in order to to um, professionally journey through this content there was just embarrassment you know people are embarrassed to talk about intimate content um, and especially when there wasn't the forum to be able to really consider it artistically mm. you know um, you know everybody was 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 um, avoiding the elephant in the room yes. um, and of course in that place of course you, there's no artistry that can really come to it because everybody's just like deep breath eyes closed and just go for it and in that place <laughs> How can anybody create anything that's actually going to mean that they can consciously with presence, with artistry, bring the best of themselves, be it the director, bring the best of what their vision is for what they want, or the um, actor bring the best of their skills as an actor to this character and this character storytelling in the moment. The DAP, how can the director of photography be able to bring all of their skills, this intimate content, when the actors have been thrown in? I, I just worked with a, the most beautiful um, director of photography last year, incredibly experienced, and um, they were saying that um, they, you know, they had situations where they, they sort of said that's a room. The director sort of sent the two actors in. Sent the, the director of photography in and closed the door and said, "Look, let them get on with it, and you like be the fly on the wall that films it." And it's like, and you know, who they were saying just how embarrassing and how mortifying that is for everybody involved. Yes. but they were saying how mortifying it was for them. And what was so lovely was then when I checked in with that um, director of photography at the end of our, you know, production together last year, they were able to say for the first time. I have been able to bring all of my skills as a DOP to this intimate content, the same as I would have done any other scene, you know. And the joy of being able to consider this is the content. Now let's artistically look at where the camera can be. Sometimes the camera is inside them, sort of circling around them. Sometimes it's you know like a fly on the wall. Um, but we've been able to just journey through. We've also been able to consider beautiful artistic, um, you know, references, you know, like from 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 nature or from um from you know art from paintings and 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 artists um looking at you know different qualities different you know textures and um you know so they were all creatively working to to um you know to an artistic palette that we can all get behind and um yeah and so so that's what you're that's what's possible
0: that's so beautiful that's so so beautiful and i just know that you know i've 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 heard your work talk about in those ways and that people have said of the depictions of intimacy that they are so beautiful and so real and so so stunning and so and people have been so moved i think particularly over lockdown wasn't it normal people that people yeah. were very very moved by and just the uh, the accolades for the portrayal of intimacy in a time when none of us could be close to the people that we loved and there was so much separation anxiety happening but it was so comforting and beautiful for people to witness that So that's one of your, I know, just one of many amazing success stories there,
1: and 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 um, you know, and what I'm interested in and what I'm focusing on, because for myself being an actor, is um is you know that knowledge that what leaves an actor exposed, is when you are just left reeling and you're sort of somehow exposing yourself because you haven't been able to really interrogate why you know this moment, why is this scene here, you know how is it pushing the storytelling forward um what does it tell us about each of these characters and each of these characters and relationship what is the emotional arc that's that's right the way through this scene and um and uh, yeah and then listening to you know that the all the directors um you know thoughts and visions listening again I'm also in the act director rehearsal along with the DOP I'm I'm, I'm um you know that's that's not for me that's that's for them to you know have that free play of of um of interrogating scripts, talking about it, where are these characters now? What's, you know, what's this moment saying? Um, and I'm I'm just listening. I'm listening both to what they're saying. I'm also listening to the impulses, or, you know, what they're offering from themselves, you know, and, um, you know, I'm listening also to sort of perhaps where they're reticent, so they might not be saying no outright, but I'm listening to, to you know, to, to what, what their body's telling me or what the timbre of their voice is telling me. Um, you know that they're freely going with or where they might be a bit reticent about it, and then once that basic shape is is um is explored, then I'm t- absolutely lifting that and then bringing that into then that clear choreography. So again, there's no seamless um there's no moment of um this is the emotional content up until the intimate moment and then now it's just physicality no it is absolutely about this is what's the emotional storytelling that takes you through the arc of the storytelling and and the actor staying emotionally connected because every single moment tells us is part of the storytelling and I feel you know I've had people say to me that's what the difference was that um what was was that the you know the emotional storytelling absolutely was, was connected. And again, Paul speaking about that, which was so lovely to to see and hear in some of the press that, that again, you know, that's my intention that, um, you know, that, that, that when you interrogate the script, allowing the actor to be full of, you know, who this character is, you know, so there's not a single moment that there's not, that, that a movement does, isn't sharing something that's telling, that's telling part of the storytelling. Um, so that the actor is never feels exposed, and then that's what I, it allows both the actor to be full and feel comfortable because everything's serving character and storytelling and relationship. Um, and then that's where, as an audience, then we can feel comfortable because we stay completely engaged in in the the, the character arc, the character narrative. Um, and then the other side, the other aspect that I think is really important is then that that anatomically, what's choreographed is also anatomically correct. So that again we stay believing in it, and I don't. And for me, certainly there are times that I've seen intimate scenes where suddenly the anatomy doesn't read right. I suddenly I'll be with it, and then suddenly that anatomy just is jarring, and then I'm out of it because I go, well now I don't believe it. Somebody hasn't done their job, or certainly in the days before intimacy coordinators, where there was nobody, um, you know, been able to bring that sense of clear, detailed choreography, you know. Um, to the anatomy of, of what was choreographed, then, um you know, and the actors again were just doing their best, but suddenly then I'm out of it. So I also believe that that's a really important part of it, is that we're bringing detailed choreography that really serves these characters, serves the storytelling Um
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and also you're. what I'm hearing is you're giving something that every single step, every single movement, just as you would with a dance, it's something that everybody has agreed to. Like I've agreed my left foot goes there, your left elbow goes here, and it's a dance. And therefore everyone has said yes to every movement. Whereas before, if you've just been asked into something that you're not sure about and you don't know where you're going and it's just fumbling around, isn't it? And then it won't read accurately whereas if you've completely mm. designed the arc and that's where also consent is not just about saying yes to the whole thing yes of course you said yes is an actor I'm, I'm going to do this job with this intimate content but then there's all the mini mini yeses every time every movement I've said yes to that and then you see that in a person's body that they're comfortable with it because they've agreed it and then just like a dance they can let go into just oh wow now we spin now we this now we move you know and it's it's beautiful it becomes something so that everyone can enjoy rather than being embarrassed and awkward and clumsy about
1: absolutely that's okay. right I had the joy of doing an interview with um along with Antoine Dubois who of course is one of the beautiful dancers from Strictly Come Dancing and um it was great having the conversation with him present because you know he absolutely got it he was saying yes for us to get up on on a Saturday night and do a really brilliant tango we've had to do a whole week of rehearsals and it takes a flim- and you know many hours of um of rehearsals to make that one you know minute and thirty seconds looks spontaneous, free, exciting, fun, you know because that's what it takes to have a body memory to have a, a body dance that then has gone past that place from feeling like you're patting your you know you know your stomach and hitting your head and um and um you know through to you know gaining the techniques, having the techniques under your belt through to then being able to be free and released and really artistic and and that was part of what was leveled at the and the intimacy guidelines was that to as you say to give boundaries to give choreography was actually to dumb down creativity but actually of course you know you know as, as you said it's the opposite that when when you bring in that you know proper artistic pathway through to it to considering the intimate content and then the clear choreography then actually um you're opening up creativity for everybody
0: yes And that's a great, wonderful paradox and beauty in life, I think, is that relationship between structure and dynamism and boundaries and how, you know, and we can see it very clearly with children, how children need boundaries to play for example if we want to play freely as a child need to be inside a playground otherwise they're going to run out in the street (laughs) and there's going to be a car crash so you know so we have to have some boundaries for our children and we we understand that when we're bringing up children but we also need that in this in any kind of situation where there's exposure and risk you know whether you're jumping out of a plane doing a bungee jump you wouldn't want to just do that without any structure or without any harnesses would you (laughs) because you'd be terrified and it would be terrible dangerous so you know so this is why these structures are there to as containers and therefore the creativity can flow through them and and within them and there's there's a path isn't there a pathway for the artistic content um that's
1: really lovely actually the idea of a bungee jump my partner actually did a bungee jump over lake tapau when we oh, went wow. traveling in new zealand and um and actually somebody was was tying his feet, and then before he was about to go, they said, "Oh no, no, hold on a minute!" And I had to retie it because I'm not tied it quite quite right. So um, so and Russell was saying that every cell of his body was nervous, and every cell of his body when he was jumping off was going, "Oh, I shouldn't be doing this." So. So um, you know, it is incredibly challenging for an actor. And can you imagine having to uh, been asked to take your clothes off in front of, you know, okay, we've got a closed set, so we're trying to look as a minimum amount of people possible, and then also to be exploring simulated sexual content with someone that you might have only met, you know, like yesterday, literally yesterday, um, to suddenly be portraying people who have loved each other for five years. Um, you know, it's a tall order. It's a tall order you're asking your actors to do um and um but just like the bungee jump and this is it it's not that um you know uh the structure is gonna suddenly take away any nerves or take away the fact that it's taking an actor to an edge and' it's challenging um but there's also that you know just like doing a bungee jump you're doing it because you want to do it, you're doing it because there's something about being alive there's you know you know and um yeah, and um you know and as an actor where 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 Telling these phys- these characters as storytellers because there's something about us being alive by taking on board this this person's life, this person's emotional journey that's you know telling us something more about who we are. But you need. All of those safety things. You need someone to be able to, you know, tie the bungee jump well. You need someone to say, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to sit at the end. You're going to put your feet over. You're going to wait. You're going to count one, two, three. We've got people down at the bottom in the lake in their boat that are going to come along and they're going to catch you. That they're holding the space. Everybody's holding the space for you in order to have this experience, in order to be able to have this mad, courageous frightening experience in a really good and pleasurable way Um, and we're here to catch you literally we're here to keep you safe so yes it's a really good analogy of of what we do as intimacy coordinators
0: wow wow i'm glad that resonated and it's um it's it's really really beautiful what you're doing in holding people in those potentially very exposing spaces and it makes me also think about how you know um well, in ancient times, you know, uh, actors were, it was very ritualistic, wasn't it? And if we think back to sort of shamanic ritual, where a lot of theatre came probably from, we think, you know, when we look at it anthropo- anthropologically, um, it really was about the the actor or the medicine man giving themselves and going into trance and going into another space on behalf of the whole community, to tell a story or to get some medicine and that the myths and the stories that they were telling and they had to completely embody and be in but around those rituals there were always a lot of structures and a lot of um you know what we know as is ritualized activity and we are not really that different from that these days but we just have lost sometimes touch with the 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 sense of you know, that sacredness of holding a sacred space, of, of holding a a boundary space. And I don't mean sacred in the sense of it has to be religious, but it just means to be safe. And uh, that therefore we can then go into these altered spaces where an actor can take on and go into and embody you know, I mean, I even recall when I trained in theatre being asked to play a child that was being abused by her mother. And how how very scary that was to embody that and to really go into that place and what that meant. And you are being asked to go into these very deep places. And it was actually, funnily enough, one thing that propelled me into working in sort of holistic therapy and working with people was like, hey, hang on, this is amazing, but we need to keep people safe here. We need to have also, because it's potentially very rich as well, it's potentially very transformational. If it's held well, it can be such a transformational thing. You could have someone who has actually been abused really feeling empowered from going through a spe- uh, you know acting it out but knowing that they're safe this time around you know yeah. and if they're held well it can become very very empowering for them for them to transform their story and and then also to offer that story to the world and say, hey, look, this happened to me, but it doesn't have to happen for you. Or this is this story, we're telling this story, so perhaps this doesn't happen again. Perhaps we're more aware of what might stop it happening, you know. So the actor is really giving themselves in service to a greater story, to a greater theme, to a greater purpose that will move and touch potentially through film millions of people potentially. So amazing. That's right.
1: Um, yes, yeah, so there's actually a fantastic book called The Death and Resurrection Show, um, oh, yeah. written by a guy called Rogan Taylor. Um, and that is about the, the or his his exploration is that actors are the modern day shamans, that actors are the shapeshifters. Um, you know, we shift, you know, we take on a character and we're shifting into that and we're exploring what what it's like to live life in this character's shoes and explore their dramas and their emotional storytelling. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I really, you know, sort of feel that that, you know, is, is, um, that's, that is the case. Um, and, um, and, and then the next part of that is absolutely part of that shamanic work is, um, is setting an intention, setting your intention so that then within that you can go free to, to, to find out what the, um, what the learning, what the information, what the medicine is from that. And actually, as you were saying that, it really made me think that all of the work that we do in, as intimacy coordinators in preparation is all of that is all journeying through setting your intention, setting your intention. With um, what the intimate content is going to be, setting your intention with what nudity is going to be there, setting your intention with what what's where you're happy to be touched, and then once all of that is in place, that agreement and consent is put in place for degree of nudity, similar sexual content and touch, then you can flow free, you know. And um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely, it's setting your intention, but that's happening in all those ways through that process in order that the performer then can just release into exploring where that takes them, where the shape shifting of them going free. So again, you know, sometimes people, well, we do choreograph really clearly, you know, but also within that shape, then there then there's freedom within that, within sort of like, um you know, you're going to kiss lips, then you're going to sort of kiss down neck, down the center of the body, um, lift the person up. Um, within that, then there's, there's freedom to be, you know, again, it's, it's um, just as you were saying that that those two sides of um, of giving structure to, to allow freedom within that, then you can be free and on impulse each and every take. And the director then can go, OK, on that take, you sort of had more gravitas, perhaps this time bring more fun. So that's so the same structure, but there's still freedom for impulse, freedom for creativity to flow through, freedom for that relationship in the moment with your fellow you know, actor or so you're doing a moment of self-pleasure, you know, yourself with self. So so um so within our structures then there's freedom to fly. Um and that's where then you get something that's really exciting. We're all on our edge because it is on the edge you know it is just you know you're in relationship in that moment in that reality each and every performance
0: that's wonderful and yeah in the now it can become yeah. that really live experience and that's when the really the intimate content feels so present because everyone can be present they're not kind of wondering what's going to happen next they know it's been choreographed so they can relax into it and that's also you know and um, I know that your work because it involves consent and having that consent to every step of that beautiful choreographed journey, that then that has an application, a wider application that's now being used in schools. So perhaps you could share a little bit about that, because, of course, the sexual journey that you've described people having on set is is also those issues come up for us in life as well. Like when you know that someone has said yes to something and wants it, actively wants it, then, of course, you're going to feel hopefully have a much better time together right than if you feel hey they're hesitating but I'm not sure if they want this or not or these kind of things that come up around consent just in everyday life um this is this is really important isn't it these are really really important conversations to be able to have and for people to have them openly and they're now coming into schools is with your work is that right
1: so yes um I've been really sort of like um just taken aback and and I say delighted that feels too frivolous because it's been so profound, you know. From my intentions, just put in place a really proper bog standard actor director um, process for the intimate content inherently within that there's safety. But that was the intention, you know, and journey through, particularly through 2019, just putting that best practice in place. But then Seeing out in our um, in our audience, out in the world, the ripple effects of that. So, for example, um, the impact of um, the top of episode two for normal people, where Marianne um, has her sexual awakening. Um, again, you know, I was just honouring. Lenny's direction and each and every beat of um Sally Rooney's beautiful um writing that had written in it you know that gradually you know the dialogue um gradually um you know standing undressing um pleasuring each other um again which is there is also what's beautiful is the the all the um autonomy of, of of both parties there's not one being done to. there's a real equality of giving and taking um and then um, um, Marianne's character asking for protection and that being yes that's what you want and then being able to journey through ask you know acknowledging that putting it on you know um, kind of putting putting that protection on keeping that sense of play sexual play and openness and connection together and then into the invitation of continuous consent you know that um, you know first time you know, um intercourse can sometimes be a bit uncomfortable. So acknowledging that and, and offering that continuous consent and inviting that as part of their sexual um connection with it to each other and their sexual play. Um yes. So 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 those are all the aspects that were in that storytelling. And you know, we just we knew that was an important scene, but just head down very you know, pragmatically honoured the storytelling. Um, the impact of that has been amazing. You know, people are saying to me, you know, how positive that has been for our young people. And then, as you say, being contacted by secondary schools, being told that, um, that that scene is being used um, in um, the sex education for young people in secondary schools to help them see the positive depiction of um, of, yeah, first time sexual encounter um and then um yes and then also with sex education right from the get-go the very very first conversation I had with John Jennings and Ben Taylor was acknowledging you know we all had a teenager I'd certainly um you know my teenage my kids were teenagers at the time um them also having you know young kids saying about being aware about how often our young people were turning to pornography because how easily accessible it was now there isn't a forum where people cannot know about how to do, how to what's the anatomy of our sexual expression and um and then to be taught. And that's something that I really believe needs to change. You know, and um and our young people feeling that they've had to know that they can't be shown to to be um you know uneducated in how to you know ha, you know um have their you know sexual expression. And so turning to pornography and of course the adult industry is the oldest industry in the world, it's absolutely brilliant and right in its place. Um, But when it's used for our young people as their primary education for how they think their sexual expression should happen, and not just their sexual expression, but the relationship, the emotional and psychological connection with, with their first time partners, or even if they choose it, for it to be a one night stand, fine, great, but to, to have a template out there that allows for the questioning, for the not knowing, you know, allowing our, our our young people to know that they don't have to know yeah. um to be able to 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 discover together with a new um first time partner to be able to fumble around and knowing that that's okay um so so sex education was absolutely fantastic in that intention for that whole series that it could possibly be an alternative to for our young people to 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 see um you know, and explore the questions, the possible questioning, you know, ethnicities, different, you know, you know, gay relationships, heterosexual relationships, queer relationships, trans, you know, explorations with bodies, self-expression. All of it is just so positive. Um, I remember there was a scene with um, season two and I'd read it and then I was doing a different scene and, and I sort of said to Ben Taylor, oh my goodness you know, I've read that episode, and he says, do you think it's too much? And I said, well, I I certainly got an education from that, but (laughs) it's brilliant, but it's utterly brilliant, and this was around anal hygiene, if you're going to have anal, you know, intercourse. Um, and um, But it's brilliant, utterly brilliant, you know, it's so important, and again, helping people to breathe a sigh of relief, to, 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 to know that they can explore and discuss this. They don't have to know, and actually, you know, they can bring, you know... Um, allowing people to, to to release into who they are as as sexual beings, especially our young people's sexual awakening, and and to have a more honest dialogue with everybody around us around around educating ourselves around it.
0: That's just so exciting. That is just so exciting. The ripple out effect of that in terms of having healthy conversations, healthy representations in media, you know, so that there are a variety of things on offer. And as you say, not just the porn industry, um, which is sometimes designed with different purposes and different than perhaps young people might need in that moment. So, um yeah. So it's uh, it's really, really valuable what you're doing in terms of increasing and widening representation and opening out the conversation. So it is inclusive and it is safe and it's healthy and and it's fun and playful and and juicy and all of those gorgeous things as well, you know, so that it's it's really uh, a wonderful spectrum uh, of opening out. And so therefore, again, we're not clamping down through structure. We're opening out the possibilities of healthy, healthy sexual expression not and just I think that, yeah and i and, think that's
1: why normal people also were so um positive in in its charting of these young people over 4 years is it it wasn't just about falling in love and then it all going wrong and then the fallout from that end you know they had this coming together this amazing connection um but then their inability to be able to really communicate verbally um and and their emotional and psychological wounding that each of them were were holding so then you know that falling apart but then coming back together and then apart again and then coming back together so it showed a healthy way of how we can make mistakes we can not know um not just sexually and intimately but emotionally and psychologically and but there's a journey through that and and what these two people had is you know while they the mismatch and the time that they didn't communicate, which was so infuriating, and we were saying that when we were filming it, so you just want to bash their heads together and go for God's sake, Connell, you know just oh, <laughs> um, and um, you know, but um, but that's what was so positive, and I really felt that for my um, my children um, during those teenage years is it's not falling in love or those first encounters is actually how you healthily. Um, and respectfully navigate falling out of love and separating that's actually the full arc of an intimate relationship and and how often are we really um you know are, are young people really taught about that um you know and that's been amazing that some of the stuff that I've been able to work on um has has navigated that and given again some healthy templates and including then I may destroy you just um um you know, just the honour of being invited in to work on that incredible script on Michaela's. First of all, her incredible bravery of her making her own um, life into art. Um, watching her and learning from her regarding her self-care, about her boundaries, about her um seeking and 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 um and eliciting support both emotionally and psychologically when needed, mm-hmm. so that she could stay artistically. Um, healthy in order to be able to continue um, telling Arabella's story because of course Arabella's story is different to hers but sometimes she could be activated by her journey of telling Arabella's story. Um, The complexity in particular I think is so fantastic of um, Papa's um, you know character's story um, particularly of his assault. Um, You know you see how the police have got so much better and have really clear processes in place for female assault. But when it was a male queer assault, you could see that the police had no forum in which to really um, acknowledge that it was an assault and therefore to be able to support that victim and to be able to then give them, um, you know, to, to take on board what had happened to them and then have those interviews to be able to take that situation um. You know, for all the impact and all the um you know wrong that was done to 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 that character um and and how that character was left reeling with um with the pain and the confusion of what had actually happened trying to unpick it and when his violation wasn't acknowledged in a respectful way you know the 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 terrible impact that that has on that character. And again, out in our world, you know, everybody that has experienced these gray areas, you know, that's the worst, isn't it? It's very clear. There's a very clear violation, but actually most of our abuses happen in the gray area, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um you know, so I hope that again, yeah, I, I, I hope that, that perhaps the police will will consider their processes when someone makes a complaint in that way. So we open it out that everybody is given the same process and respect and confidentiality that the character of Arabella was given when she came forward with um you know, you know, you know, speaking about her assault.
0: Absolutely, and this is why this is doing such great service that um, you know, these stories are being told and that they that then provokes society to think about these things and to, yeah, there's a message for there's a story for the police there to act on. There's a there's a story for wider society to consider and then act upon. And I, there were two really things I just wanted to draw out from, you said so much there. That, that Firstly, the, the sort of the holistic nature of an intimate relationship, because so often um, in media, sex has become objectified and sort of separated from the emotional and psychological journey uh, that is involved in becoming intimate with someone, um, that it isn't it's never just about two bodies rubbing together. There's the whole person involved and that you are, through your work, helping people honour the holistic nature of both designing that as a story, but also then that is transferring to life, that we transfer to understanding, more fully understanding intimacy as a full emotional, psychological, as well as a physical Mm -hmm. journey, you know, and then what you also mentioned about, with Michaela, about the importance of then taking self-care for all levels of our being and how important that is because, um, and how we can, how you're providing the template for people, like for, in a way it's like self-care for the whole production, isn't it, <laughs> that you're putting in place. And then, you know, also yourself, because I'm aware of just how much you've carried and given um So how do you care for you as well in the middle of all of that?
1: (laughs) So absolutely. And that's where you come in, because, um, you know, um, especially in the early days, trying to shift structures and try and bringing in processes and procedures when it's been perceived that actually, you know, to to bring in time and space to rehearse, to, to put in place a structure for those open conversations that it's going to disrupt. Um, and um, pushing you know in the early days I was using this gesture because it really was pushing back Um, but actually um, you know and every time I was personally challenged because I would you know have a first AD you know when I'm trying to speak about gender parity in the crew on heterosexual sexting when we have nothing but a male crew and it meant that Without thinking about it, what was going to happen was that lone female with her male actor on top of her with nothing but a male crew. You know, that was going to be her experience of this masculine gaze on her experience. But at that point, I was told by, um, you know, when I was trying to bring up that conversation. um, Well, first of all, when I had the conversation with a male American producer, male British producer, male director and male first AD. And then the male first AD, well, this is about me, so I can't be part of this conversation and walks off. And you go, it's got nothing to do with you. This is a, it's, this has got everything to do with protecting and trying to give the best environment for this lone female in nothing but otherwise a very, you know, an utterly male environment. Um, and then I got, 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 you know, asked the producer to producer asked me to come and speak to them and I got told that I was now affecting the production adversely and um and that as for asking the actors what they want we'll have none of that and that's really hard to take you know so again your support for so your part you know your your huge part in my um personal self care and and again it's a, there's a big learning curve from for me um Instead of coming away and just feeling I have done wrong, that I wasn't good enough, that um, I not being yes, that I've done I've done wrong, um, imploding, um, actually unpicking it, and and um and that sense of professionally looking at okay what happened here, um, you know what what what's the learning from this? What is my responsibility, and, and and what can be done about this? And invariably, always, it has been if something's gone wrong. Looking at clear processes and looking at okay, when should I have actually spoken about gender parity in the crew? You know, so I started speaking about it a week before, but actually that was too late. You know, uh, for example, with John Jennings and Ben Taylor on on um, sex education, we spoke about gender parity in the crew on that very first conversation. That was already in their minds, and so there was there was that was seamlessly supported and journeyed through. It takes time to provide. Um, the right crew and bringing in gender parity. You can't just suddenly magic someone up and you can't suddenly have, say, a third AD sort of step up and 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 hold the, the, the space of the first AD if actually they're not equipped for it and not experienced enough. So that equally would leave people vulnerable. So again, you know, with your work, it's partly looking at what my responsibility is, what the impact has been on me, how that's affected me, the language that was perhaps used to me um is one thing but then also looking at okay you know let's let's professionally look at what now needs to be put in place in my professional structure um when at what point should that conversation have happened so that I wouldn't have had that backlash so that it wasn't suddenly confronting that it didn't suddenly seem like I was blaming you know the, the 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 people in the you know who held that power as men it was actually just put forward as um as best practice you know yes. going forward um and then therefore was was offered in good enough times so that it could be facilitated in a relaxed and professional way rather than suddenly they rush um that's right and there's been so
0: many incidences where obviously because this was a very new and pioneering role that you were pioneering and nobody knew right so this was all new for everyone it was new for you it was new for the productions and so for you having That self-care and that space to reflect rather than, and that's what I think then protects us from completely imploding because if we're on our own, then of course we will tend to, um, yeah, we may tend to do our um, habitual strategies of responses, which is often fight or flight. Um, And or or as you say, imploding or getting very defensive or whatever those things are. And so we have to process all of those responses and acknowledge that they're valid, they're sort of survival responses, but then work through and say, well, actually, there's something in this for me. What wisdom can I get out of this? What can I transform from this? difficult situation. What can I learn? And also allowing us, uh, you know, continuously, we've had to say, isn't it, that this is new. This is completely new. We're having conversations that nobody's ever had before. So of course, there's going to be bumps. Of course, there's going to be times when we're in territory that we don't know, we, or things that we hadn't thought of. Suddenly we get on a set and we go, oh, we've just realised this something's not up. This is some, somehow still not set up now, even though we've done X, Y and Z. We still need why as well (laughs) you know so so this is really where the space for self-reflection is so important and that's what I really want to you know yes you've had global accolades and rightly so but I also want to congratulate you on that inner work that you have been willing to do and that I have been graced to witness because when we do the inner work on ourselves and the inner reflection then the external results follow from that you know and it's again, it's, it's something that, again, is not always understood. But, um, but when we do understand the relationship between taking really good care of ourselves and how actually that fuels us to then do extraordinary things in the world, um, that that, you know, and self-care is not about bubble bars and spa days. I mean, it can be. That's, you know, that's just the external manifestation of having a good relationship with yourself, ultimately, and having that reflection with self.
1: Absolutely, and this is where you know I advocate for all of my practitioners to have in place their form of um you know sounding out um you know um yes um and for 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 me um you know sort of that's um you know it's it's a it's a tough job to hold um you know as I say, I say that the day on set very often people look at us and think we're not doing anything, but actually it's all in that in that inner seeing and that inner sort of like um, having been aware of you know how this director works as to post how how the actor works as to you know how one actor works and what the concerns are for of another actor and and um and that body listening and that constant listening. You know, I had um you know you know a, a director commenting that it's a that the talent is to to be aware of the landscape and to be constantly negotiating, you know, and um and it is that on set and so yeah very often the day off there's been a full day on set I'll have a headache you know a stress headache because it's been from from you know that that kind of of, of support and holding and 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 that focus to 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 both hold the space lightly but also to be to yeah to to to, to be negotiating those that inner listenings um offering different strategies different movement techniques you know checking out you know um, you know is, is the room warm enough, you know, sort of who to ask for, how to ask for it? you know, everybody has their role as well, you know, the first a d you know is um by the time they get to be a first a d an expert in holding the floor, invariably will also be an expert in holding close sets, so it's like not for me to go over and say right, I'm now telling you how to hold a close set. no, it's like you know, tell me how you work, let me you know tell you perhaps a couple of things I'm bringing in, how can we both? support each other to hold a good space but all of that negotiation is you know is is with everybody and
0: um it's a lot of fine tuning isn't it it's a lot, it is fine, a lot of fine tuning and fine relating and uh there's a lot that that can go on there and it's also often under quite a lot of significant pressure especially on set right because you have the time limitations are often or the time deadlines are pretty intense aren't they so so amazing and so that's amazing that you're both taking support for yourself and encouraging others to because you're holding so many relationships so many it's like I can see them like threads that you're kind yes, of like right. weaving together um which is amazing and you know I, there's so much we've talked about and I I just want to thank you really so much because and thank you for your bravery to do that to encourage people a to take care of themselves around intimate content and to for, for providing such a beautiful or orga- uh, journey and structure for for that for people to be safe and your willingness to then extend that out into the world and your ability to see the holistic levels which is just so finely tuned that enables you then to weave all those threads and bring them together so thank you Ita. it's just um, extraordinary thank you. really well-
1: like you know, I I could not be where I am now without you. And, you know, and it's, the arc started you know before all this with my, my connecting with you, and I I thank so much. it's my lovely practitioner, Leonie Holt, that, that recommended you to me. So I have to thank her. And um and yes, you know that you are such an absolutely um fundamental and integral part in the development of the Intimacy Guidelines. So thank you for your beauty, for your wisdom, for your groundedness for your boundaries for your challenging of me um and your offering um you know your reflections and your insights so so um there's so much love and gratitude to you from me
0: oh it it's been an extraordinary journey and i am just yeah so grateful to you really and i have learned so much myself from your journey and your willingness to put yourself on your on the line literally many many times for this for this purpose and you have been been so uh not driven but guided i think is a better word you've been Mm. guided by a sense a very deep sense of purpose that is Mm. really about serving people and helping people at this moment when it is really the world really wants this work and the world really needs this work and is asking for let's have let's have intimacy and sexual expression be healthy for all of us. Let's let's have that that can be and how brilliantly beautiful and gorgeous that can be. Um, and the work that you're creating reflects that and inspires people um, on so many ways. So thank you so much. Thank you for your willingness and your C- courageousness and your creativity it's just amazing
1: thank you thank you thank you Katie really
0: thank you and thank you for coming on today to talk to us all and um just want to say thank you again to everyone who's listened to this conversation and um, if you want to find Eta's work um your website is Eta,
1: Eta um, Well there's both there's eterobrien.com and then intimacyonset.com
0: fantastic so you can see all and read more about it's amazing work and connect with her there and um, thank you ever so much everybody for tuning in thank you again Ita O'Brien, for the work you're doing in this world and for being you
1: thank you so much and thank you katie rose for the work that you're doing in this world and for you being you hooray up the revolution hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you